We are starting off our spring series. You know what that means? We're getting close. <laughs> and today, we're going to be talking about crop rotation. Batavia's number one favorite in the whole wide world, crop rotation. Right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. <laughs> to have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening. As we learn to grow and grow for change. Do you rotate your crops? <laughs> you know what I rotate? I rotate indoor house plants. I rotate the hell out of my furniture in the house. I rotate even outdoor furniture. Crops? Eh. But you don't rotate your crops. I mean, not in the traditional sense. I... um plant things in different places. What is it, a tradition in your family to rotate crops? Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> My ancestors I mean, <laughs> taught us how to, um, maybe this is like the, uh, how I, f- I was basically amending my beds and feeding my beds unknowingly. Yeah. I grow things in different places, um, but not with that whole four bed rotation method. Not, I mean, it's not on purpose. You know, it's it's only to say this year I had, you know, last year I had trouble getting to my cucumbers. So I'm going to move those to a different bed where it's easier for me to get to. You know, yeah. it's that kind of thing. Right. So. That's that's part of it. Yeah. 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 You know, so crop rotation is literally what it sounds like mm-hmm. each year you rotate your crops around for a multitude of reasons. If you're supposed to, um, if you feel so inclined that it is actually important. So you can see this if you live near farms or anything like that. This, you, you can definitely see it there. Like if you drive by farms a lot, you'll see like one year they'll have corn and the next year they'll have soybean and the next year they'll have corn. And, you know, and I mean, it goes it goes back too like way back i mean this is like biblical stuff too where mm-hmm. it's like every seven years you let the crop you know let it rest mm-hmm, which essentially mm-hmm. will give you some of the same effects yeah, yeah so um there's that as well and there's a lot of people that'll rotate with just like cover crops and stuff like that mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um but we're here to talk about the actual active crop rotation and is it really worth it in your small garden yeah, I think that's I really like... I think that's really where we're going with it so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. personally yeah. yeah I think that's the piece that and I mean take some of this from me with a grain of salt because this is just another step away from putting a plant in dirt well and I anything take above... everything from you in a, with a grain of salt so is that implying that everything I give is salty or? <laughs> well, lately, yes, but no. Yeah, man, listen. I was just, when you were talking, I was thinking about the episode that you were referencing and I'm like, oh, my brain isn't going to go back that far. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to. What episode look, was I referencing? I don't know. That's what I'm telling you. I was oh. hoping that Leonard would have gotten it, you know, would have seen the look, the befuddled look on my face. And what was I that. saying? 
I don't remember that either. Come on now. Listen, Damn. I told you. I told you I'm on borrowed time here. You ain't lying. <laughs> so anyway, the point of what I was about to say has escaped me too. It was. I think it was one of our new mini-sodes you were talking about. The ones oh, that were really oh, brief. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so, when I was, Leonard just informed me. Thanks, mm-hmm, pal. Mm-hmm. That um, it was when we were getting close to, like, it was time to harden off. And that's and my excitement. Is that what was taking you back? Uh, I like when you're excited. It's a, it's a, it's a good look on you. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Versus like all grizzly and grim, you know. Hey, look, I got to come. So <laughs> I did um, the other day I put the arches up in my yard and I did a mm-hmm. video and I didn't realize that I did this. You know, I, I made it and I was all business and somebody on Instagram put on there. I don't know how you do it, but you make not smiling look very cool. <laughs> I was like, thanks. It didn't even cross my mind to smile in that video. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And well, you I know mean, why was... I don't smile a lot? Why is that? Because when I, so I have thin eyes and when I smile, my eyes look like they shut. So oh, I don't okay. smile a lot. So you consciously don't smile for that purpose? Basically, yeah. You've trained yourself not to. Basically. And plus, I just want to look like a dick everywhere I go. Okay, okay. No. There was a recent episode, um, and I'm not going to be able to place the win, and it doesn't really matter, uh, where we were talking about being weirdos. Um, oh, that's a lot of them, but go ahead. Oh, you know what? It wasn't even a recent episode. It's on It's on Backyard Gardens TV on YouTube when we did the 40 questions, Yeah. and we were talking about being weirdos, and in that moment, I was just like, gosh, I mean, it just, you're amping it up, man. You top out every time we talk about that. <laughs> you couldn't get more weird here we are <laughs> hey look my wife loves me for my weirdness so it there's works. love for everyone there I is mean, yeah there is here we are so right, anyways rotation so the, the actually the thing that that caught my attention when you were talking 10 minutes ago was more around the small garden aspect right yeah. you know so we oftentimes learn about principles that are specific to gardens that were from you know 30 40 50 60 years ago that were like big fields of gardens and or farms right and so in my mind I always pause and say how much or how little am I growing like that and does that principle that they would use need to apply to what I'm doing in my little small space I don't also want to use that as an excuse like I'm it's the small garden so I don't need to do x y and z because I could totally do that and I'm trying not to well much to your probably surprise and unwillingly to unwillingness to believe me I tend to agree with you on this subject cautiously agree with you on the subject of crop rotation um I know that it's been ingrained in my head that we need to rotate and so First of all, let's let's get one thing out of the way. What do you consider a small or big garden? Should I change the confused look on my face? Like I couldn't respond to the you almost maybe somewhat partially agree with me. That was it's like such new territory. I'm, it's not been a secret. I, yeah, but it's that you you get into your head, I Batavia. Just, look, Batavia. Hmm. You looking. And so actually, speaking of which, to the day, it's been mm-hmm. one year since we first talked to the day, the day of recording. So happy anniversary. Thank Aww. you for being and here. Now you're going to read me. Listen, you're going to get me all warm and gushy and I emotional. Am. Yeah. I'm going to give you a happy shit sandwich. Happy anniversary. 
I'm giving you a shit sandwich. Uh, so you wait, spend... that's, wait, the good stuff is you just gave me the meat and now it's, okay, go ahead, lay the bread on me. <laughs> you spend so much time trying to have me bicker with you that you overlook the fact that I nope. drop breadcrumbs for you. Nope. Because I do almost believe you or not, almost agree with you. In so, this moment about me always finding a way where you're disagreeing with me, I'm going to disagree. With, I'm going to disagree. Like <laughs> It's not it. I, there's literally an episode where I say it's the healthy, uh, healthy gardening, growing a garden for a healthier lifestyle episode where you look, I'm coming back. I got the English breakfast tea. All right, I'm springing back into action. You say something like, I asked about whether or not, um, you know, growing vegetables generally, eating vegetables is a part of a healthy lifestyle. I said, most people agree with that, wouldn't you? And you're like, well, I mean, come on, really? (laughs) And you're trying to tell me that in that moment, again, okay, straight through, you know, most people, vegetables, they consider them a part of a healthy lifestyle. Young Ben, do you agree? This is why I have Batavia on the show, everybody. <laughs> and then, I mean, the look on his face when I asked, and I even asked, I was like, you would agree, right? And you're like, well, not really. You know, I think it really depends on, you know. It does. It does. How you define vegetables. So anyway, moving along. <laughs> there is a lot of evidence, longtime listeners know, that you commonly disagree with me. Commonly, you, but there's you, always. There's you love a- me. And I love you, but it doesn't mean that you don't take at every turn. I love it. I love it. This one goes down in history, everybody. Yeah, man. All thank right, you, back to crop rotation. Coming. Absolutely. So what's your what's considered a big garden to you? A uh, big garden. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, I have to go in bit sizes. That's the way that my mind works. Just, so, okay, square footage. No, I, I won't be able to do that math. Okay. So I think that a 20 foot by four foot space is a large garden for like, you know, your average, um, you know, apartment and or home, right? That's so your home gardener. Feet. All right. 80 square feet. I'm going to call, let's call it a hundred. Let's just be, make it even hundred. Call it a hundred. 80 is even too, but you get my point. Like nice round yeah. number. Uh, so I'd say like a hundred square feet. Okay, and that's considered large to you? I think that's large for the home gardener, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't consider um I don't consider that a large garden. Really? You don't? I yeah, I don't. And 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 this is why. Because No, no, seriously, this is all good. Before I had my wild garden, mm-hmm. my four beds were 128 square feet. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's a um it's getting there, but I really look at it like a large garden. I'm going to say and especially for for this topic, I would say something like an eighth of an acre or a quarter of an acre, mm-hmm. like a big garden plot. Right? Yeah. See, the way that I look at it, and, and again, you know, we're just you always disagree with me and or I always disagree with you. Um, but I think when it comes to a garden and a home garden, it's just about how much property you have. Yeah. And then you're dedicating some space to that. And I kind of, I mean, I know so many people that grow in like the equivalent to one raised bed, you know, so they have a little, you know, a little spot they've dug out for a tomato plant and, you know, some greens or something like that. So it really is in that instance, 
you know, in my mind, that's small. Right. Well, and so if you go beyond that, in my mind, it's larger. Yeah. And and so the reason why I bring it up is not to say like, oh, your garden's small, your garden's big, or mm-hmm. you're not using enough room that you have. The reason why is because when you talk about crop rotation, it's about, you know, I, I immediately think about large farms. Mm-hmm, and we're mm-hmm. talking about large farms that just have row after row after row after row yeah. of, you know, pick your vegetable, you know, for the, just for the sake of this, we'll pick the most common one grown corn mm-hmm. in a farm. And, um, you know, if you do that every year and you plant there, those vegetables use the same nutrients. Mm-hmm. So you will deplete the soil of what it needs. And so as you know, and I know, like if you plant peas, it puts nitrogen back into the soil. Mm-hmm. So you're replenishing. So there's all kinds of different ways you can do this, but that's why I think about it is because, you know, we're a monocropping is what it's called. And then you, yeah. you go back to your small garden where you have one tomato plant in a bed, maybe, mm-hmm. or one zucchini plant. And so if you're like, well, I want my zucchini plant to be there every day, every year. Is that really an issue? Because it's mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Right. So using that and, and monocropping or, you know, the act of the cage baby in part was built for that. The cage baby in my backyard. Um, and if you're new here, uh, you know, welcome. <laughs> but the cage baby is probably my pride and joy for my garden. It's basically a cage that covers three raised beds in my backyard garden. And um, I built it. And by I built, I mean, I paid someone to build it. Uh, so it was built for the purpose of having room to grow as many tomatoes as that space would fit. And so the vision had been nothing but tomatoes would be in here now and forever. You know, so in part, I've kind of designed a, you know, a monocrop, you know. And so it actually part of my really I, I need to rotate, rotate crops has been I have grown historically. Like, you know, for all my live long days, tomatoes back there. You mm-hmm. know, some years I have grown some other things. So I want to be fair and uh, transparent and honest and all of those things that people are. Um, but I've never had the problems that I understand could lead to the lack of, of crop rotation or specifically the lack of when you grow the same thing over and over and over in the same space. Right. And so the way it was impressed upon me is. You know, you might not notice it for a couple years or something, but mm-hmm. until you get like a bad nematode or something like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that's just like a pain in the ass to get rid of. Yeah. Something that would like, and I think if I'm correct, some nematodes, you actually have to let your garden rest for a complete year and treat it. Yeah. So it's like until you get that problem, you might not notice it. And my, my reaction was like, come on, man, that's, that's dramatic. You know what I mean? Like. You're not trying to win an Emmy, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, it's that weird thing of, um, and I had heard of crop rotation some years back. And um, in my 2019 garden, my collards, I've had real good luck with collards these last couple of years. And um, in my 2019 garden, I had collards in one bed, collard greens in one bed. And I'm just like, they're winning here. I shall grow them here from now on, right? And so I was sharing it, I think, on YouTube. And there was a comment around rotating them. And that kind of takes you into that whole dialogue. And let me know how far you want me to go down this road. You may have this as a part of the side B of crop rotation, the episodes. (laughs) But the idea of some vegetables are more 
prone to disease and some vegetables are um are really good targets for crop rotation yeah you know well, stop right there. Um, i'm stopping that's key mm-hmm. and i think that that is important uh, to, to I'm talk all off. About. The English coffee I thought had kicked in, but yeah, you not know. really. <laughs> that, I think that's key, though, because, you know, some things are more susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. And now the question becomes, what are those some things? I have a you list. Know? Mm-hmm. You have your list? I have a list, yeah. Well, let's go through it. Yeah, okay. Um, so my list, and this is like a typical crop rotation, and you want to know where this list comes from? Yeah. This list comes from the great book that was gifted, Week by Week Vegetable Gardens, Gardener's Handbook. This was a gift from my lovely co-host, Young Ben. Um, but no, in all seriousness, don't forget it, you the know. young part. Oh yeah, <laughs> for now, yeah. <laughs> so this one talks about, and I've seen this over and over. Like they give you a four-year plan, yeah. You know, so year one, year two, year three, year four. You're reading this... the same week as me. Ah, so sweet. See, look at that. All of that love sprinkled through this, you know, to cover up some of the shit pie that you've been passing out. <laughs> So in this instance, they talk about plots, right? Yeah. And so you could tell where this, who wrote this book too, and the use of plots. So in this case, in year one, they're saying, and let's use plot as in a garden bed for our terms. So plot A is tomatoes and potatoes, which everywhere else I've read, those two things don't like each other. But I'm going to go with this. And then same so wait, year wait, wait, one. Wait. So you're putting all your faith into this one book, even though you've read in other places. I need to know this right now. No, I'm not using this. I'm just giving examples here. Okay, because it sounded to me like you were like, I'm going with it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to oh, follow no, it. Oh, no, I'm just going to go with it for this dialogue. Right? Oh, you this got is to all be illustrative. You got this to is be all clear. Illustrative, illustrative people. I shall never rotate a crop. Mark there it down. There are thousands of people that just heard you say that just... Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. I'm going to stop short. I'm going to stop short. <laughs> you have it's, ruined gardens across the world. It's our anniversary. I won't go yeah. any further. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have just read tomatoes and kept moving. All right. So plot A, let's just call it tomatoes. Good grief. Uh, plot B, carrots, beets, uh, parsnips, spinach, lettuce. Right. right? And then plot C, cabbage, a whole bunch of brassicas, cabbage, Brussels sprouts. There's some cauliflower in there, rutabaga. And then plot D, the fourth garden bed, onions, garlic, leeks, peas, and beans. And I'm not going to go through everything for year two, but now the idea is that plot A that had tomatoes, the Mm -hmm. next year, you're going to rotate that. So you're not going to grow tomatoes in that same plot. You're going to move your tomatoes to the second garden bed or plot B. And in plot A, you're going to now grow onions and leeks. So it's almost like this circular thing. So we first started with tomatoes in the first bed, plot A. Year one, they're there. Year two, we move that to plot B. Year three, we move it to plot C. Year four, we move it to plot D. And so on and so forth. Okay, I was going to say, don't go any farther because you're (laughs) losing me. So basically, the four-year plan, it rotates around. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So it's grouped certain vegetables that like each other, that probably complement each other in that same growing space. And then you're basically moving them to another bed. So you're not it's not like this jigsaw puzzle where you're moving all of your plants around. Don't you love how they make it sound more simpler, easier than it really is? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's like, and part of it's my design flaw, I'm sure, but I've got trellises in the backside of two of my beds, but yeah. I don't have trellises in the backside of the other two. So I can't do an easy rotation. Around. You're just, you're, you're getting me excited because it just occurred to me that you are 100% in agreement with me, but you just haven't realized it yet. No, I, in all I've, seriousness. I've, this I've, makes... I've, I stand firm in the fact that I'm, I'm like, I'm not 100%. I'm 60% in agreement with you. Mm-hmm. I'll give no, yeah. I'll give you a solid 75. Okay. I'll take it, Wait, man. Wait, what's a C in, in school? That's, that's, a 77. C, yeah. Okay. Hey, it's a C like, minus. Excuse me, lucky number. All right. So, and the reason why I've paused, in addition to it being more than the steps of putting a plant in dirt, and any time that I hear anything more than that, there's a pause. So, even beyond that, this makes sense when it comes to the um, your ability to rotate crops in this way, having the space when you're on that quarter of an acre or an eighth of an acre, right? It makes sense when you just have basically the same garden space over and over and over. So we, we've talked about long ago how a lot of gardens and farms still grow in rows, right? Yeah. That's not my garden space. It's not the garden space of any gardener that I know locally, right? That they don't grow in rows? That they don't grow in rows, no. Nobody you know up there grows in rows? That I grow locally, no. Nobody that I know You like, grow in clumps? Well, is that you being mean to me? No, I'm asking you. Okay. Do you grow in clumps? I do know there's some um, people that like small farms and they have like rows that they grow in but that's i'm talking about your again average home gardener they grow either in containers or they grow in raised beds and sure in that raised bed there may be a row of vegetables but i'm talking about rows that are like 60 feet long 70 feet long 80 feet long like that the traditional when you drive on the highway or you're like in some country dirt road and you see the rows of corn like you were talking about like that's when i say rows for this purpose i'm talking about so in that instance yeah you can move those things from one plot plot a to plot b to plot c so part of the issue that i've had has been and i'm gonna pull back here because i know i've been rambling um part of the issue i've had is my garden beds are designed almost in part for specific things cage baby there are three beds that now have that you know that cage on top of it um this is an aesthetic thing i like to color cover my collard greens and kale with some type of fabric I'm probably going to try that in the front yard, although I'm not crazy about it just because of the look, you know, of having some tarp. And when I say tarp, I'm being, you know, a little bit dramatic, having some material like draped over my beds. I, I would so, not put that in my front yard. Yes, yeah, exactly. Same, in the same response. But I think I'm yeah. going to do it in the spring, but we'll see. Um, so with that in mind, I have designated certain areas in my garden for certain crops. Yeah. So that, in my mind, also limits my ability to have plot A move to plot B and move to plot C, you know, year after year. Yeah, I mean, I switch it up completely every year. So, like, this year, so do you remember my back two beds last year? They were basically tomato, tomato, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. so, I've, you know, I practice rotation because my biggest worry is, one, the nutrients, and then, two, is... um. And more so is this one is the insects taking hold mm-hmm. into a garden space. And let yeah. me tell you why in my space too, especially because it doesn't get as cold here. Mm-hmm. So we don't get that hard killing frost sometimes. Yeah. So, um, and not to rehash garden zone stuff, but I know somebody else who was in a zone eight a mm-hmm. as well. 
but they're totally different from me. They don't ever get a frost. Mm-hmm. They stay like right at 32, barely, but they don't get hot until j- almost July. Yeah. So, you know, there's some stuff they just can't grow. So it's like, it's two totally different things, but you know, when you don't get those cold temperatures like that, like you can still have these insects come back. Yeah. And so that's why I'm very cautious about it. And I take note and if, you know, I feel that I need to change it, then I will. So I have those back two beds that are tomatoes. And typically what I do is I'll put the tomatoes up front, you know, or I'll move them up a bed. But last year was the first year I did two beds of tomatoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now I'm going to rotate and I got to put, I'm going to, I have my eggplants, which are nightshades. Yep. Mm-hmm. To go back into the same bed as one of the tomatoes. Yeah. Now, is that bad? See, and that's the thing. And the thing I've seen most commonly is, um, and the potato is technically in the nightshade family. And that's the reason why I said I've read that these two yeah. things don't play together. So things like um, tomatoes. And I've also read that um, brassicas, you don't want to plant them where tomatoes were or maybe vice versa. Um, so I think part of the issue is not only is it rotating crops, it's it's not a single crop. You know, it's a family of crops. Right. And you've I think we've brushed on it. But, you know, part of the benefit of rotating crops is it's almost like you're outrunning the the pests. Right. You know, you don't want them to set up camp, you know, in that specific bed. So going back to the collard green bed, if I grew those year over year issues that I may have with collards could, again, set up camp there. And what you really want to avoid is having some type of, um, I was going to say poison, but that's far too dramatic infestation in your soil. Right. You know, so I'm not in the business of like, while I add soil to every bed, I'm not in the business of like needing to replace soil. Right. And so there's some things and I can't think if I can find it as we talk, I'll, I'll mention it or if Leonard could look it up. There's some, um, fungus i believe in for collards that once it sets in your soil it's years before you get rid of it and so part of the recommendation to rotate those collards which i have done and i'm going to do going into this year so there will be three years that i've had collards in three different places part of the goal was to basically outrun that right you know right. Um, well, even in whole, my small beds yeah that's the whole tricky move it so it can't take hold mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and it's it's really important that like it, it can't take hold in those yeah. beds so so you do practice some sort of crop rotation that is very specific like i'm not just saying oh i want to see what happens if i grow collars over there i'm moving them around because i love to grow collars i love to eat collars and i just don't want to i don't want to ruin them So I am taking heed and I did do a bit of research on that in particular. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm buying the hype, if you will. And let's just, I mean, let me say this. I want to be very clear. I believe in crop rotation. I believe that there's a place for it. I have a question mark around whether the things that we're experiencing, if you don't rotate your crops, how they impact your small home gardener. Right. Right. You know, so I'm not going to go against what farmers have been doing for eons. Come on. I want to be realistic. But I'm saying when you break this down to a home gardener, it may not be as applicable. Well, let me ask you a question. And do you think that it is. You know, there's an effort of people that when they grow a garden, they think of themselves as equal as a farmer. Mm hmm. 
you know, I'm growing yeah. food, sure, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, that's fine to think that, but do you think it's almost a way for people to be like, I'm a farmer, see, I'm growing food, see? Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't and, ever describe it as that, but the way I would describe it is it's back to the reference of flexing. Yeah. Right? Well, like, it's I'm like I got to rotate these... my crops. I got to rotate yeah. my crops. Because, yep. you know, like I said, and I practice it, you know, as mm-hmm. as much as I can. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a true, true pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you'll get your whole plan up and you'll be like, oh, shit. I had, I had a tomato there last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I wanted to grow another tomato and I can't. So. You know, it's real eye-opening when you, you kind of hit these roadblocks and stumbles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, I just kind of make a habit to rotate the whole damn thing. You know, I, I know there's certain crops at the same time that should be and need to be rotated and don't need to be and stuff like that. But I look at it as I just move them around, you know, I, and I base it all off of what I cannot change in my garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's my trellises. So those are spaces that I can't use for anything but a trellising plant. You look like you're going to say something. No, I was just thinking um, about the potatoes and tomatoes thing. I couldn't let it go in my mind. And I was thinking to myself that, which I'll come back to, um, for rotating your crops, I really want to know, have you experienced some of the problems that you know we've read about and some others have experienced? Like, do you think that one year when you didn't rotate crops insert problem or is this really like you're taking the precaution i'm taking the precaution yeah i take um i'm trying to think yeah i'm taking the precaution and that i always there's a pause i have around that too yeah and this year is the first year and you know every time I do something for for the first time it gets all effed up but (laughs) I'm going to put those eggplants I'm 99% sure that I'm going to put those eggplants right there where those tomatoes were not only were those tomatoes there but those tomatoes succumbed to septoria leaf spot last year and I'm going to put something in the same family right Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. and I'm not 100% there yet there's still a chance and, you know, some things might need to be changed. And the more I'm, I'm looking at my notebook now where I have everything written down. And as I look at it, I'm like, shit, you know, I do see something now. The more I look at it, like an easier change mm-hmm. that could, you know, be free. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, man, I don't know. It, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me to not take that precaution. You know what I mean? Now, do I think you have to do it every year? No. I do not think you have to do it every year. Mm-hmm. And you know why I don't? Because why? we're adding stuff to our soil every year. Yeah, but is it throwing good after bad? You know, so if, if there's already disease and pests in the soil, you're putting more soil on top of it. It's not like you're burying it. Yeah, but you're diluting it and it's not as heavy. And, you know, there's just a lot of different things. You're mixing the soil up. So because, you know, one thought that I had was like, hey, if I plant all of my plants on one side of the bed, like in a clump, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then I just move them to the other side of the bed. Is that enough? And then there's also the question of if you've not experienced the disease again, you know, are you in the free and the clear? I was looking here because in my mind I went back to the potatoes and the and the tomatoes to my favorites and while they're in the same nightshade family um 
I think what I re- remember reading has been in year one, if you plant tomatoes, don't put potatoes there in year two and that's it's under the same thought of if you plant tomatoes in year one don't plant tomatoes in the same place in year two so it's not so much that they can't be planted together if you will or near each other it's that you have nightshades in this bed the following year you don't want to put those same nightshades there Um, right so i think that's what i'm dealing with is i have tomatoes yeah nightshade eggplant yeah nightshade and so the question is, like, do you want that there? Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. something that I have to come up with an answer. <laughs> and yeah. I have to come up with an answer soon for it. And, you know, like I said, the more I look, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can I can make this change. I can, you mm-hmm. know, I can switch something out. But, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe that tomatoes and eggplants don't go well together, growing together. So that's something else to keep into account you know and i do so you you know we've talked about companion plantings and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but i will tell you that if you have a whole bunch of different nightshades in one bed Mm -hmm. that's just a breeding ground for some nasty shit to happen you know what i mean it's like you already have something that wants to attack a tomato and then it comes and attacks you know the potato when it'll Mm -hmm. come you know it's Mm -hmm. just it's too much yeah so last year i had um Colorado potato beetles. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was researching it last year, I had, I was growing potatoes and containers, 20 gallon containers, and they were off, you know, away from the bed, but only by a few feet away from the other beds. And so when I was reading about it, I'm pretty sure I also read um, that the Colorado potato beetles can jump to tomato leaves again, same family, right? And so had I planted them together, there was a chance, and, and I'll double back and I'll correct myself on a new episode if this isn't the case, but there would be a chance at the infestation where these beetles were eating the leaves, it could have got to my tomatoes, right? So if the potatoes had stayed healthy, one could argue no issue with them next to the tomatoes. But once that potato became sickly, that plant, then I'm jeopardizing potentially other plants that are near it. That those pests, if the pets like that same thing, you know? Yeah. And then, and so that being said now, right now, mm-hmm. I'm like, huh? Maybe I'm 90% sure those eggs are going to go in that bed. <laughs> well, you know what? I do just my a part of my garden style. I like um, being able to go to the potato bed, be able being able to go to the space where I'm going growing tomatoes. Like I like growing things in the same space, the same things in the same space. I don't I do like... T- I don't like to walk all over my garden to collect, you know, all of the peppers. No, uh, I don't I either. Up, yeah. I like to have them all like you do. And it, it's simply because it's like if I go to work a bed, like I can work that one bed up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. I'll go into that one bed. But like, OK, I need to trim my tomatoes. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. You know, you're in there yeah. and you're trimming up. And last year was the first year that I had two tomato beds and I did not care for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did not like it at all. Um, part yeah. of it was the tomatoes that I was growing in one bed. But it was just too much. And um, I don't think moving forward, I don't, I mean, this year I am having it again, but I've also added another bed. Yeah. Yeah. So well, there's I'm also, also doing multiple kinds of tomatoes. So, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, there's also an issue with um, just space. So not yeah. so much. So the way we are talking about how we prefer to garden does it, 
it could lend itself well to crop rotation if I have all of a thing in one bed. So my collards are going, I can't even get straight in my head the number of beds now. They're 15 total, true number 15 total garden beds in the garden now, I think. And I moved, yeah, right. So I moved the collard greens from bed 302 to bed 305 last year. And now they're going to go back to 300 and bed 304. So, you know, like yeah. like that, it's easier to say I'm going to grow all of these college in this space. And when it comes to um, moving them to this other bed, the preventative measures you're taking beyond crop rotation, the fight that you're, you know, you're in when it comes to my favorite, the cabbage moth, I'm able to protect those collars better when they're sitting in one space right. versus if they're planted around. Um, now, there's the whole idea of, you know, folding in, you know, um, companion planting to water off of those you know pests but we're not going to get into all of that today no and i mean i think you know i and you know what let's let's talk about that briefly though no. okay no just i just want to say all one right. thing and okay. it's all about taking all these little steps to combat a potentially one big problem mm-hmm. now one of the issues i have though is we talk about coming in and we're, we're growing a garden and you're you, you know a lot of times when we talk about garden, we talk about pests and problems and diseases. Mm-hmm. And are we just gardening to manage a, a problem that's not even happened yet? Like, that's the real question. And it's, I'm going to tell you, for me, yes, that's how mm-hmm. I am gardening. Mm-hmm. Because I know how much that problem can devastate you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, if I save a square foot in my garden and put a marigold there, is it going to do anything? I don't know, but I know what it helps. Yeah. And I know, you know what? It helps against nematodes. It helps against other things. You know, if I put a nasturtium in there, is it going to help? I know that the nasturtium is going to get chewed up and look like shit, mm-hmm. but it's going to attract stuff to it. So, okay. It's a big pain in the ass to rotate, but I'm going to go ahead and rotate anyways, just to make sure you know, it's all these different things that we do that kind of that allow it to be, you know, allow us to have an easier growing season because I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, my tomatoes died out a month and a half to two months early last year. And it was depressing. Mm-hmm. It was depressing to have that. So yeah. um, that's not something that you want to go through. So I think yeah. having these things, but I also think that like, don't let it, stress you out and gets you you do just wear you down you know what i mean i think that's important too so your tomatoes they didn't die as a result of lack of crop rotation mm-hmm. there was something else going on there yeah yeah that had that septoria leaf spot mm-hmm. um which I, was let me let me go ahead and yeah. air my dirty laundry sure. was me doing a square foot gardening plant and not being completely read up on it and then not taking and trimming my plants the way I need to, to get the correct amount of airflow through. Mm -hmm. So that was the long and short of that. And now if you look at my garden plan this year, I've given them extra space instead of Mm -hmm. four, I've given them three in that same row. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. good job on that. I wonder the way you described it though, was are we gardening out of fear? Um, 
So I know that there is some caution, right? Again, it hasn't been my experience where I've been devastated by insert some pest, um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, you know? So I think there's a balance between being reckless, you know, with gardening versus, you know, taking some reasonable precautions. Everything you describe with the nasturtiums, with the marigolds, like those are easy plug-ins, right? You know, so I think, whether or not they're helping you tremendously or not, it's not hurting you, you know? And so it adds color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. what the hell, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, okay, no yeah. problem. So one thing I do like about crop rotation and the thought of it is, um, especially for the home gardener didn't think this was going to happen. Did you, um, We have talked about how... Who are you talking to? (laughs) I'm talking to you. You say, who (laughs) is this talking to? I I thought you were talking like another person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. I'm coming around, kind of, sort of. Gotcha, okay. So, so for the home gardener, right, um, you have all kinds of things that obstruct sun, Right. Whether or not it's a fence, whether or not it's trees, whether or not, you know, it's buildings. And so your garden gets different light at different times. Um, And as you move crops around, even if it's with the goal of crop rotation, I feel like you'll find, oh, well, these collards really do grow well in this space. Right. And you won't know that until you move those things around. So I um. I changed the orientation of my collards this past year. So I grew them in the exact same size bed, seven, seven and a half by seven by three and a half feet. And I grew them in that bed in 2019. I grew them in a different bed, but the same size in 2020. And I got less collards in 2020 than I did in 2019. And it's just based on the way that I planted them. And then also I think it's based on the space 2020's bed was closer to the fence so it basically is a bit more shaded compared to 2020 2019's bed and then the orientation but if I hadn't moved them I wouldn't have known that you know so I've learned a lesson in 2020 I'm going to default to the planting style that I used in 2019 but if I didn't have the intention to move them around I wouldn't have kind of learned that lesson if it makes sense right so yeah and I mean you know I and I typically plant in rows that's just mm-hmm. what I've always done and I've toyed around this year of like planting my tomatoes on one side and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of getting a little bit more clumpy with it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it's not easy to change something you've done for a long time. You know, I have had success for a a very long time doing this and I've seen success my whole life with gardening. And, you know, there's reason why not only farmers, but people with what I describe as a big garden, Mm -hmm rows for days you know each one of them they'll just have row 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 Mm -hmm. row Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of bigger more famous gardeners you know in you know in the space they plant in rows Mm -hmm. typically Mm -hmm. you know now their flowers are different yeah and they'll clump flowers around their vegetables and stuff but Generally speaking, they are planted in rows as well. Well, so. maybe maybe I need to go back because you keep on describing this as so. My beds are lined up using the square foot garden method. So yeah. there are rows, right? My seven foot bed, you know, there's basically seven square feet, 
right and that's a row and then yeah. i got the second row then the third row and so i'm planting those vegetables in those spots i'm kind of not just cherry picking things and just plotting them out what i'm again talking about rows is a straight row of soil that's unobstructed by even raised beds like the frame that you're just you can walk it's like walking down the street that's a straight row um and that is a sizable row in my mind so that's how i describe planting in rows versus not so no what i'm just talking about is let's say you're gonna put bush beans one square foot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. straight down that seven foot Mm -hmm. that's a row yeah yeah versus going one two three four like you know making a little block or something sure, like that yeah, octagon or something like that yeah is that how which one do you do option I a typically or B? i typically inside of my garden bed plant in a row yeah okay so yeah, you yeah. plant in rows too yeah so but I, you, do you understand doing... the reason why i was describing rows differently earlier though right no i still don't i'm okay i'm about that's as right. lost as you could be that's okay all right we'll i feel like i'm driving on the wrong side of the road in a new country <laughs> do not enter so yeah i guess what i'm trying to say with that is um it's look at a cornfield the way that, yeah. that that row looks i define that as growing in a row where you're going to walk you know, there's a, a one foot to two foot space in between right. where you're walking and planting, right? Well, now, if you think about it this way, it, you know, I look at, my, you know, an eight by four bed, seven by three and a half, whatever yours is, mm-hmm. it's in a micro climate of mm-hmm. garden, of a, a micro farm, very okay. micro. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're planting and you have your bush beans going straight down, that's planting in a row, you know, so... That's how I look at it. And the reason why is like, why the hell are they talking about rows and clumps? Yeah, and no. What the fuck is wrong with Ben? Is he high? No, I assure you I'm not. Not this early in the day. But <laughs> it's all about like, you know, when you do that, you're spreading it out more. Mm-hmm, you're spreading mm-hmm. the interaction that it has with the soil out even more versus. And so you can't move it from one side of the bed to the other, you literally have to go to like a completely different bed. And that's why I'm, I refer to it as being maybe an issue, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Does that make sense? Um, I'm, I'm just ready to move on. I think. Damn. That's cold. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Someone's like, yeah, girl, me too. I know. I can hear it right now. (laughs) Do it. But you know, and the reason why I asked that is because I need to decide like, I've, and this has been something for years because I do not like crop rotation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't like it. So you, I need and to, You don't like it because you want the freedom to plant what you want to plant where you want to plant it? I want... That's why I don't like it. I don't like it because I'm like you. I like my tomatoes in this one bed and this mm-hmm, is where I want them in mm-hmm. this one bed. Yeah. You know, I don't want to have to move them around. I don't want to have to move this stuff around. I don't give mm-hmm. a shit about, you know, change... Like, I mean, I want to move something because it looks different. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this year, I, I'm moving my sweet potatoes completely, and I'm not really thrilled about where they're going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know that the vines are going to come out of the bed and they're going to take over, and it's just like, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not very thrilled about it. And I'm still, and that's, I'm having a big issue with that because I really don't want them there. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just, I see a, a huge effing headache come out of it. But yeah. at the same you, you time, you need to find a different place for it. Yeah. I do, but mm-hmm. the thing is, is I have a place for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they did good there last year. So, yeah. what do you do? Yeah, you know what I mean. So in this instance, because I think I'm going to be on a three year rotation with my collard greens. So everything you read will say don't plant the same thing 
that you planted last year in relation to crop rotation. Sometimes I'll see for at least two years, rare, you know, but this rotation that you see again, that whole circular rotation is typically a four year rotation. And that's where I think things, you know, you can, you can play around with it a little bit. So could I manage this and move my collards to a fourth bed in the fourth year? Yeah, I could, but I'm going back to the bed that I planted them in, in air quote year one, you know, so, and I'm just, we're going to see. And, you know, I hope that I'm not proven wrong. I think they will be fine. Um, I'd like to leave the collars where they were planted last year, even. I just planted them differently. But again, I, I have the space in this situation. So I'm going to go ahead and move them. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you can't tell, this is actually one subject in gardening that I really struggle with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's, you know, I understand a lot of things and I think it's. It's all about, you know, not knowing, you know, not recognizing the unseen. Yeah. yeah. You know, like there's this kind of, you know, it's kind of a situation here where it's like shit could go really bad, but it might not. So it's like um, you're paying, paying for insurance. Right. You know, so yeah, um, this it may go wrong or not. Right. You know, and it's sometimes we we've accepted that this is what you do, you know, Um, and on the rare occasion. Um, that you have an accident in a loaner vehicle, like someone may have done on this podcast, it's nice to have insurance. (laughs) And it's nice to have insurance that says, oh, we'll treat it as a rental and you don't have to pay the deductible because good Lord. Um, But I mean, I think that um, it's, I, I hope that I could live the rest of my garden days and realize at the end of it that crop crop rotation was, you know, a crock, you know, and I say that in the, in light of like, I hope that I don't have any problems that point back right. to this. Right. And if it takes me moving something else around um, another thing, sweet potatoes, you mentioned, I'm moving where I grew sweet, sweet potatoes last year. I grew them in grow bags last year. I'm moving them into a bed. Right. And so in part, Holla. again, I'm, yeah, I know. I know you. I knew you would love that. But I am doing more grow bag growing. So just so you know, I know yeah. you don't love that. And see, um, my sweet potatoes are going in a bed that's now got a trellis on two sides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the vines can only come out of one side, and both of the sides that it's going to come out of are path. Yeah. So it's like, but that's that's going back to it. I don't want to open the road conversation when you have a wild wide open field to grow in when you don't have to worry about things like oh this is in my walking path in my backyard right it points back to it's easier to move things around from plot a to plot b to plot c to plot d because it's all growing space you know for me i'm looking like i'm moving it to a bed i'm not crazy about either because i'm now trying to balance it's the very first bed in my front yard garden i'm now trying to balance what can i grow in the spring to get in and out before it's time for me to get the sweet potatoes in. Cause we've talked about this, like when it's go time for sweet potatoes for me, I need to get them in the ground. Right. And yeah, exactly. And this bed is probably, it's okay. It has a trellis. That's in part the reason why I'm moving them there. The sweet potatoes there, but now it's like I'm burning a lot of that time, my garden time for that one bed. You know what I'm saying? And I have some ideas how I'll work that out. But that's not something that you have to necessarily consider when you're in this big field of a garden. And it's yeah. something that the home gardener has to consider. You opened up with you have these trellises. And so there's certain things that you have 
put those trellises up to grow, right? You know, there are a bunch of things that are vining and all, but you may not There's be growing not all of them. There's not as much as you would think, though. Yeah, when you, it comes yeah. to rotation-wise, there's really oh, not no, as much not as you all. would that's, think. Yeah, that's my point, right? You so, have cucumbers, beans, and peas. Those I've are seen your, some people grow tomatoes, but that's at, you have to train them to grow up that trellis. We're, we're saying trellising mm-hmm. crops. Those mm-hmm. are the three crops that are really that I grow that are basic. So, you know, you can work those all the way around and there's different mm-hmm. kinds of beans, but it's the same thing. They all, you know, yeah. green beans, black beans, cow peas, they all yeah. kind of fall in the same. Yeah. So it's like, you got to be careful, you know, but. And you don't want to, you don't want to not take advantage of the trellis. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right? I didn't put them up there to look at them. Exactly. That's an investment. And, Honestly, and they look, they're ugly without it. it took the words <laughs> out of my mouth, right? Yeah. That's just some structure here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think all of those things. So it's all of the other things that we implement for our garden for one reason or another kind of interrupt this idea of this plain, you know, four year, four garden bed crop rotation method that you see in many places. Um, it's not impossible to do. Um, again, some folks may do it, especially if you're starting to grow different vegetables, you may find yourself doing it. You know, I think a great example is you have a brand new garden bed. So you could, if you wanted, you could start year one plot A there, right? Um, And then you can follow suit when it comes to rotating it. I think we'll find these next few years will be interesting for me because I think I have probably about maxed out in the garden bed space for my property. I have one more idea, but I think I've probably maxed out. Well, so that's the thing too, is as you add garden beds, you're Mm -hmm. naturally rotating as well because you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm up with this here. So, you know, each year you get that break in one year is all it takes mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. i mean so it's another one of those things where you might not realize it or yeah. you say well you know what maybe this year i'm gonna grow my peppers in pots you know mm-hmm, when the mm-hmm. natural you're giving it that rest so and it's not as hard as you would think but as you go through if you want a really diverse garden it, it gets difficult yeah yeah you know? that's exactly it if you're growing four things then there you have it's it super boom, easy you know? and that yeah. book that you read up that was what i did not like about it is mm-hmm. I mean, that's the most basic garden that was ever created, Yeah, you know, and I know it's for illustration purposes, but you know what? That kind of bullshit don't help mm-hmm. that easy. Oh, this is just for illustrative purposes. Fuck that. Yeah. I want to know how to do it. You know well, what you I know mean? I want to grow because <laughs> I don't go to the grocery store and I don't buy four things. We you put four things in a salad. <laughs> so I want to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't cheap out on me i paid 20 dollars for this shit i want to know yeah. what the fuck's going on yeah and it it's it drives you crazy because it's like dude it's not like and the problem is is you go online and you start looking and it's like you said rotate every year you mm-hmm. could make it two years you could make it three years so it comes down to the point of you've got to pick what's your gospel Mm-hmm. And what you're going to go by. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough decision to make, man. Like, so who am I going to trust? And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, don't trust me because I don't really <laughs> fucking know, nor do either one of us believe in it. We half-ass practice it, but that's just saying, you know what I mean? So it's like, who literally, do how, you f- what, literally, how did this happen? What this <laughs> happened because I got fired up because it started aggravating me and I'm looking at it and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> So that's my thought on the whole situation in a nutshell. This is like at the award show, like he's being honored. He's up there. And he's like, 
dropping F-bombs. And the guy is like, am I supposed to turn the music on? I don't know what to do here. Turn the music on. Turn the music on, Leonard. Damn it. Stop me. Because it's messed up, though, man. It's I feel like people don't get what they need to help them, and it confuses you. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think, you know, because nobody grows squash, tomato, um, you know, potato. Yeah, if you look in that book, none of those plants all had the same families. They were mm-hmm. all different. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what people will do is they'll clump them in with like spring and summer vegetables too and give you illustrations. Mm-hmm. And that shit drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. It makes um, me mad. Sorry for the language, everybody, but you got to deal with it today, apparently. Yeah, it, but that's the thing. It's the it's never going to cover all of the vegetables you would want to grow. Mm-mm. And even if you think about that first year gardener, I was um, a girl I went to high school with sent me a note um, yesterday saying, you know, she had pictures of uh, garden beds her husband had built. And you know, you know what this does to me. I was just gushing like they're so pretty, right? You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. they don't even have dirt in them yet. It's just the wood, right? And so she was like, "What did she say?" Yeah, she thinks she wants to grow tomatoes, cucumbers, and peppers, which is really traditional, right? Yeah. Um, and so if we apply this crop rotation. Do I need to be advising her? All right. Okay. So this is year one for you. All right. So you need to keep in mind where you're going to move these plants to next year. Like, no, I'm not doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and in my mind, that's, that's a huge deterrent, you know? So again, I'm not, I believe in it, right? I believe that it's appropriate for certain things and certain garden spaces. And so while you may have a farm that's, 100% applying crop rotation rules, you know, 20 acres of a farm. That's not my space, you know? And so here we are. And you know, now that the more and more I think about it, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put my neck out there. And I'm going to say, if you rotate within the garden bed, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. As long as, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Especially like a smaller plant. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say it's okay. Reason being is the instruction that's given is not given for people like you and I who have, you know, 400 beds each, Mm -hmm. you know, they're made for the one in ground bed. Yeah. You know, traditionally speaking, you know, back in the Dizay, there was no raised bed. It was, I'm going to work up this land and I'm mm-hmm. going to get it amended and grow. Yeah. And so that's what I think I'm going I'm to call it that. I'm going to call it good on that. So Yeah. And I think if you look at like the one, I think, she, I don't remember, she showed me two pictures. Was it two or one or two beds? But if you look at, let's call it one bed that he built that she's going to mm-hmm. grow in, chances are she's going to have one single tomato plant. Yeah. You know, chances are she's going to have one or two peppers. You know, chances are this she may year. have, yeah, this year, you know, Next you know year one or two it. cucumbers. Cause that's the way, listen, that's I said, how it hey, works. I said, Hey, keep me updated. Cause you know what it's going to be. Go bigger, go bigger. No, I'm joking. But my point is that I I look at crop rotation, like, you know, 10 tomato plants, 20 tomato plants, 60 tomato plants versus her one. Right. I think she'll be fine if she puts that tomato plant in the same exact place, even in that bed 
next year which would be better off if she moved it to the other side you know i, I don't think that could hurt you know so yeah. so yeah i mean i think that um it's it's an interesting read i think it's a great example of one of the things that i don't know it almost becomes a um what do you call it a mascot of the show like the thing that complicates gardening perhaps unnecessarily um so i'm sure there are people that are listening now that are like but that those three years that my garden bed was ruined and if that's the case tell us your story right you know i'd love to hear some more real world examples of things that went wrong that you really believe point back to the lack of crop rotation because what it's i've not read anything that says maybe a tinge of but nothing that says oh now you're going to benefit plot b by moving this vegetable there no again you're running away from a problem well no there is some things that will benefit i'm not going to open that can now but there are some and look at it this way planting peas yeah but see i think we're mixing things there but yeah yeah you know they're nitrogen fixers i mean it is what it is you can say all you want it's a side effect of you happen to be growing peas and now you're rotating them so you embed what is it they have peas here um peas are in plot d so when peas move to plot a next year it's going to improve plot a i get that you I, know i worked that into my plan though mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. i say i'm gonna plant my peas here that's what i'm thinking about is like they're gonna fix the nitrogen so, so we should talk offline about the episode that this is going to become when i say <laughs> three pea plants Ain't improving shit, you know, versus, you know, this is really designed to say 20p plants. And now now that Mm -hmm. is something different, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I tend to agree with you on that. But again, who are we to say that, I mean, again, it's a micro farm Mm -hmm. is what you have to look at each garden bed. So you can roll your eyes, but you know that. Don't be calling me out for the people listening that had no idea I was rolling my eyes. They need to know. They need to know. They need to know what I have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's fixing. What is it fixing? Like how far? I don't think it fixes the whole damn bed. I can tell you that. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it fixes a certain area, but I mean, I don't know, man. It's really confusing. and, And the long and short of it is I feel that it's important as much as it is just to kind of eliminate a problem mm-hmm. you know it's like you said it's an insurance policy mm-hmm. you know because you will get a disease or a pest yeah it's going to happen yeah you know so what is your so have are you still like rotation no or are yeah you, i don't know how much i flip-flopped in this episode i believe there's you flip-flopped certain, a bit yeah i believe there's certain vegetables that i've been convinced could be detrimental If, you know, if they get infested with some plant or some pest. And um, I believe that that drives me alone to move them around. Um, I don't practice this four plot or four garden bed rotation method. So I'm not moving everything intentionally. I'm going to grow melons up my trellis. That sounds dirty. I'm going to grow melons in my garden bed and, you know, I'm going to train them to vine up the trellis. They're going to be in the same spot as they were last year. Um, I'm going to put most of my peppers in the same spot they were last year. And I think they'll be fine. You know, obviously you guys will learn about it here if they're not. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think some things are important. And I think it just kind of drives my whole 
those certain crops are what drives my whole rotation schedule, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, well said, and it's, yeah. it's, it's around my tomatoes and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, and, and I think now carrots are a kind of a concern mm-hmm. because I've gotten into those. Um, I think it was, what's it called? The carrot knot or something like that. Something that, and that's the thing is what you can't see. I'm not really worried about an insect. I feel like I could treat an insect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If I had to, I'd go out and get some nasty shit and put yeah. on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Before I would let it ruin everything. <laughs> but um, it's that stuff you can't see, man. It's those mm-hmm. diseases and stuff that mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not mm-hmm. sold on that shit, man. Yeah. That's yeah. my real worry. So, yeah. I'm also leaning a little bit more and we'll weave this into a future episode. I don't think it's worth a whole episode by itself, but the benefits of the colder weather when it comes to some of these things Oh yeah, compared to, you know, when it's hella hot and what zone are you in again? (laughs) Well, what zone are you in? (laughs) We'll talk about that once we come back from the break. (laughs) And then ladies and gentlemen, it's time for somebody. We haven't figured out who to give the recipe of the day. Have you noticed it's mango season? Have you noticed? No, I haven't haven't noticed. noticed. I haven't noticed. You're in like, you're, you're coming into the end of it, but there's, um, I've been working on this recipe and I'm ready to share it. So I'm sure. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I just like the record to show that we are at the end of the season and you are now sharing a recipe for a, a fruit that is almost at the end of the season. Okay. Yeah. This is very reminiscent of your cucumber recipe a week no, after I've, cucumbers were dead. But, but yeah. I've been working on it. That's the okay. trick. All right. okay. I've been creating it. And so we appreciate I, your efforts. Yeah. So I'm sure you can go online and figure it out. But you know, one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and make this recipe. So I made a mango coconut oatmeal. Oh, and uh, yeah. So what I did is I took um, and it would have worked better if I used full fat coconut milk mm-hmm. in the can, but I used light because that's just the kind of guy I am trying to watch my pounds. Mm-hmm. And um, I put half a can in a pot with a half a cup to, or a cup, whatever you want. If you want a little bit more soupy, half a cup. If you don't, whole cup of oatmeal raw. And you cook it in the oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I put one whole mango in. I pit it cube it and drop it in and cook it mm-hmm. okay and then i just cook it up till the till it's done you know medium maybe five minutes or so get it boil and then simmer it just let it get oatmeal get cooked real good mm-hmm. and then what i'll take is uh i've been playing around with this and i've used a date a couple times okay to sweeten it and i'll drop i'll chop a date up and i'll drop it in and sweeten it with that and then um a little pinch of salt let it cool and then at this point, you can add, if you really want to, you can add a little bit of vanilla extract in it, if mm-hmm. that's what you would like. But um, I just put it in there and eat it straight up. And it's so the pretty date, damn good. The date adds a little bit of thickness to like a gooeyness to it too, yeah? No, it's no? the sugar. Well, I mean, I know why you said that it, adds a little, it makes it sweeter. But you the cook texture it right, of it should the be gate, gooey anyways. Yeah. It should be mm-hmm. thick, but mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Do you eat dates? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. They're yeah. Delightful, and I mean, you know, before I was <laughs> Did putting you say a they're fucking in, delightful. <laughs> I stopped before the U came out. 
<laughs> Two absolutely perfect words to describe dates. Yes. <laughs> I um before I was doing that, I was putting like Splenda in or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Splenda. What is it? Stevia. I was putting okay. like it's just sprinkling stevia because you know it was missing something. And you could even go as far as adding like coconut flakes too. Yeah. Well, you know so. when you first said it, I thought I, when I said to myself like I said it out loud coconuts and i was thinking coconut flakes versus yeah. the coconut milk yeah it doesn't really the coconut flakes don't really give it that flavor yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah and it's the texture of them the stringy in the mouth uh-huh, for breakfast uh-huh. and stuff i'm not really i'm not game i for years and years did not eat complete left turn but german chocolate cake i used to always joke the coconuts make me go <sighs> yeah <laughs> you know? but now i love them i guess i grew out of it you know yeah, it's, it's weird like that but it took me five things of oatmeal I think before I started to get it and it's still like a work in progress because mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like it should be more complicated but you know yeah four, I five love ingredients. the use of uh, mango though there yeah um, mangoes are just they're perfect right now man they're so juicy and yeah delicious. I um, I'm certain I have a can of coconut milk I'm a big fan of this type of kind of oatmeal concoction so I got mm-hmm. a couple that'll come oatmeal? up yeah well, what are you waiting on? You know I like oatmeal. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, yeah. oh, goodness. I'm a little bit tender here. Um, yeah, you'll get them soon enough. You'll get them you, when the audience gets them. Usually I uh, I use banana to sweeten it, but I just didn't mm-hmm. feel like mango and banana. I mean, I know it goes together, but yeah. I just didn't want it. So You don't ever use, do you guys eat honey? Yeah, yeah. Okay, honey yeah, or maple syrup, honey. or is that too, sir- too sweet? Well, so I, used, uh, I started with maple syrup. Mm-hmm. And it was just maple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. I put honey in it. And honey was good. Yeah. But I like dates. So it's that flavor. So I usually, what I would do is I would go either honey or dates. Yeah. You can pick one, you know. Good point we don't about always the, have dates. The maple syrup and that it basically changes the, you know. Changes the flavor, man. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And agave nectar will work, you know, <laughs> if you want to do that if you're vegan. Yeah. You know, even when I was vegan, I, I ate honey because it didn't hurt animals. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it is yeah, what it is. Yeah, that's... Um, you know, I'm really working on, I, mean, I got a plenty of breakfast salads, but I'm really working on making sure I get that breakfast in and pretty early. I don't know how many times I've been, you know, it's nine thirty, ten o'clock and I'm like, should I call this lunch or what? I've been up for five hours, you know, so yeah. yeah, quick and easy and to the point. Appreciate it. Do it, do it. So, and that's it. Uh, we are rotated our crops. Mm-hmm. We've, we've cooked a, a breakfast. I mean, mm-hmm. what the hell else do we need to do? Oh, well, I think we need one clarification. Oh, and shit. I, yeah, I waited all the way until the end of this episode. I wasn't going to make that, you do it. Yeah, hoping that maybe some people had already tuned out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they're I say it for the, this. Yeah, say it for the official uh, record. Maybe I will put it at the top of the show another time. So there's an episode that I hold near and dear to my heart that's a garden zone battle. And then in that episode, you can make a drinking game out of how many times I said... I'm in zone B as in Batavia. And uh, we have determined that that is a lie. (laughs) Batavia is in zone six. A is an asshole. That's the way that I shall remember it from now on. (laughs) And I gave him that just as a reference, guys and gals. She Um, sure did. And I stole it. Yeah. I earned the right too because I've been berated for months about my zone. And I can't explain exactly how I got here. <laughs> this is like but a here we terrible are. apology. Yeah, it's like um, 
once you know how like once you're wrong about something but that's all you remember and you just continue to be wrong about it so all of that said it's my hope that from this day forward since we've aired the truth here that I can still now hound a special someone about being now two whole zones in front of me. So <laughs> as a matter of fact, this strengthens my case because if I'm in zone six, a as an asshole, which I have been, and you're in zone eight, a, which is all right. That's two whole zones ahead of me. You see, this that's is, right. this is a really bad apology. That is a, as a matter of fact, the worst apology I've ever heard received or been a part of. <laughs> I've never really given a public apology. So how did it feel to give your first public apology? I feel like in this day and age, that it fits right in. Yeah. In all seriousness, it's a great example of how you can be off and confident yeah, you know, and scream it from the rooftop. So Man. I get how you uh, you made that misstep. I it doesn't mean there, I can't begrudge you for it. But I yeah. sat there quietly and let you do it. And I remember mm-hmm. looking at it. So you were like right on the line mm-hmm. of the six A six B. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. But I think but it's it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really. But again, it doesn't really matter for those that are listening and that are planting and rotating your crops based on my zone. It's no longer six B as in Batavia. I wonder if I could move to validate six B. I'm gonna poke around to see if there are some places that you know are near yeah, me. You probably 6B. just have to move down the street. Yeah, just move my whole house and my whole garden just to be right in that garden zone battle. That's it's um, worth it. That's called a mental condition. You can get help for that. <laughs> that's so what look, I got. So look, everybody, Batavia's apologized, which she should have. Leonard's sleeping on the couch over here. We've rotated crops. We've made breakfast. What we need you to do is we need you to give us a like and a subscribe and jam that notification bell if you're watching us so you can get notified when we come out. Check out our mini-sodes every Tuesday, full episodes on Thursday, Saturdays, tips on YouTube. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. And um, don't forget to come back because we are doing our spring gardening series. (gasps) Next one is planning your spring garden. Holla. See ya. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your posts and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.